0: for that, but he's going to sing for us. And uh, while he's getting himself situated, I just want to remind everybody this. I don't think I announced it earlier, but out at the book table, every book tonight is free. If you want to donate, donate. If you can't donate, then don't. Uh, We want to put help into your hands and uh, to make sure that you've got what you need. And if you run out of a topic or something that you're specifically looking for, and it's no longer on the table, you let me know I will write down what you're looking for. I will write down your name, address, get all that information, and we will get it for you and get it to you. Okay, no charge, no nothing. We want to make sure that you've got what you need tonight. Okay, so I hope that first session was a blessing to you. Uh, Justin's going to sing for us, and then we'll keep on rolling.
1: What is our hope in? And death, Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to Him belong? Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His command, and what will keep? us to the end, the love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death. known in our great Redeemer's blood, who holds our faith when fears arise, who stands above the stormy trials, who sends the waves that bring us night unto the shore. Bring everlasting life with Him, then we will rise to meet the Lord, and sin and death will be destroyed. We will feast in endless joy when Christ is ours.
0: Thank you, Brother Justin, for, for singing and playing wonderful song. That's one of our one of our songs that we love to sing here at Victory Way, and, and grateful for it. Christ is our hope in life and death. It, he is our hope in all circumstances, all situations. It is Christ that allows us to be content, and without Him, we have no hope. We have no help. We've got nothing. So praise the Lord uh, for that tonight. Uh, well, want to introduce our next speaker, and we'll get uh, rolling along. We'll have our second session night, as you see our schedule. Uh, we'll be wrapping up tonight. And I'll be back at it again tomorrow morning. But uh, Brother Ryan Crowder, uh, Pastor Ryan Crowder, was a good friend of mine when I was pastoring down in Danville. And uh, we met, I think, through Pastor's Fellowship or something, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyways, uh, he has a, a shared love of reading books, and he loves to use incorrect vocabulary when he preaches, just like myself. And I just think that he, he might even be gooder at it than me, All right? So uh, <laughs> there you go. But uh, he, is, uh, he is an epic friend, and uh, I know he loves to use the word epic, and so he's going to give an epic message tonight. I'm anticipating it, and uh, because I said it's going to be epic, it's got to be epic now, all right? Uh, but dear brother, you come, you preach what the Lord's given, and uh, we're excited for it.
1: Thank you, brother.
2: Well, that introduction makes me all the more nervous now, uh, so I'll do, I'll do the best I can but uh, may it be no reflection on him. Okay, uh, but I appreciate his friendship. I was so mad when he left Danville. I, I don't have a lot of friends, as you can imagine. Uh, being a pastor is a lonely lot uh, for some of us, um, for some reason. Uh, but he was a dear friend there, and uh, but I, I was rejoicing that he was able to come here and, and take this church, and been praying for this church, and asking God to move and work here. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, you guys have, and, uh, as well as the grounds, and God's blessed you here. And I'm looking forward to all that, that God will do uh, here in this place. This, this event is very important. If you like what you have tonight, in two weeks you can come to Philadelphia Baptist Chapel in Greensboro, North Carolina. We'll be having another Living in Spite of conference in which you all are invited to come and be part of that. I, I, every church needs this conference. Every church. Even if you got one down the road, they, meet, they need to have it too. And, uh, and so I, I rejoice to be a part of it, never been a part of one we normally host, and so there's added pressure on that. I don't know if Brother Ashley will ever be my friend after this, and so hopefully I won't butcher uh, this in spite of session too bad. But with what you were saying, Brother, you didn't say this, but I felt you said it. Trials are about what God can do. Trials are about what God, that's not a title of the message, but I, I felt really good about what he said there, and, and man, what a, what a word from God. Every session that you have here matters, and will help you in some way if you'll listen uh, closely. And so I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, Brother Joe knows that uh, I, I'm a, um, I don't know if you call me long-winded, I don't seek to be, but this was a difficult thing to prepare for I, I, when, when we went through the miscarriage, uh it, it kind of got compartmentalized and put in a file somewhere in the back of my mind. I just want to get away from it, not have to deal with it. Uh, it, it you, we weren't really equipped uh, in that time. This was uh, um, 12 years ago. Uh, and we weren't really equipped uh, to handle it. We didn't have the support, I think, that would have helped us to get through it. And, and so what you'll hear from her and I probably uh, is that we probably royally failed as Christians um, going through it, but looking back on it, I've, I've seen some things. And with Brother Joe asking me to speak on this, it's it's forced me to to look at some things, and and have to have to drag up all those emotions that had been put away. I thought successfully. <laughs> So uh, tonight, if you'll take your, take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1, and for sake of time, um, I, I'm not going to read all of the verses. I'm sure you're very familiar with this portion of Scripture. But when, when you're going through something such as a miscarriage and maybe other things, you, you ask a lot of questions, maybe not to anybody else, but certainly to God. And, and one of the things, as I was looking at what, what verse could I possibly use to help somebody that's dealt with a miscarriage, uh, I landed here, and, 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 and with the thought of, am, am I the only one that's experienced this? Has anybody else dealt with this? God, am I alone on this issue? And of course, uh, growing up, I don't recall anyone having a miscarriage, talking about miscarriages. Uh, if they did, they didn't uh, let anyone know about it. Miscarriages is, uh, is actually common; ten to twenty percent of uh, pregnancies will end that way. And so, talking about uh, miscarriage, especially among uh, men, would be less common, obviously. Uh, but there, there was, uh, there was pain. There was uh, it was an emotionally complicated uh, experience. Uh, that that personal and private matters and uh, anger uh, just a lot of unsettling feelings that I had we had to do something with and the grief will kill you if you let it uh, it'll take over it'll rob you of everything you won't see the the sunshine you won't hear the you know the, the birds you won't uh, see the beauty in creation it robs you of a lot of things and and so I, I had anger. At that same time, my, uh, one of my, my cousins, uh, they had went the fornication route and gotten pregnant uh, with, a, with a healthy child. And, of course, praise the Lord for that now. But at that time, I, I was angry about it. Uh, I, was, uh, I was upset. Why, 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 God, do they get a baby when they didn't honor you? Uh, why do the one-time backseat hookups, why do they get babies? Um, why do druggies? Why do druggies have babies? God, we're, we're saved. I've been called to preach. I've married the girl of my prayers. I've done things the way you would have me to do. I believe that, and we get the miscarriage. And so there's a lot of questions and, and, and pain, and, uh, and, and there's, uh, there's multiple reasons people don't talk about it. I realize that, but, but if we don't talk about it, it makes that event seem very, very lonely. Uh, whatever it is, whether it's a miscarriage, losing a child, losing a spouse, dealing with whatever you're dealing with life, we got to talk about it. As a church, it's important to talk about it, to not just put it aside and compartmentalize it and say that, well, you know, the, the, the masses hasn't gone through that here at the church. We're just going to put you over in the corner. No, it, the whole church needs to feel the weight of the grief and get through it together. And so anytime you don't talk about it, you're putting yourself in a, in a bad place. And it, and it was for us, uh, uh, not talking about it, not discussing it. And the Bible, the Bible has plenty of places that talk about pain, uh, the pain of loss, the pain of grief. And, and that's what this world is without Christ. It's a world of pain. It's a world of grief. You have no hope without Christ. Nothing. What do you, what do you got to hold on to? You got nothing. And so we, we, we need him, obviously, but we need the community of faith uh, to come together and discuss these things and pray through these things. And the Bible talks in many places about this. And so let's, let's, look, at a, uh, let's look at a few verses here, uh, and I'll, I'll pray. Verse number 6, it says, uh, well, let's start at verse number 5. There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, And her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying, Without at the time of incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of the incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and uh, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zachariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, and that stand in the presence of God. And I am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed." Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. I sure need you here this night, this evening, as we go through your Word here, as we think about miscarriage, as we think about the grief and pain in all of our lives, and what is present that presses us, God. That that we allow to steal our joy, that we allow to steal our gaze of you, Lord. That we allow to affect our walk, Lord. Help us tonight to be strengthened. Help us to think as we ought to think, Lord. Help us to love as we ought to love. To process things as we ought to process, God. May we know that you are with us, God. May we. Feel May we feel that. May we feel your presence here tonight. May we feel our presence throughout this conference. And Lord, may these folks, these dear folks, get the help that your word offers. Uh, Lord, no matter what is, happens, what is said, the word of God is sufficient for these folks tonight. And Lord, may they feel the help that comes from your scriptures. Lord, may they not settle for anything less. Lord, may they walk away believing what your word has said and apply it to their lives. So God, speak clearly through your servants throughout this conference. Uh, help us and bless us as we come together, as we grieve, as we cry, as we help one another along. And Lord, may we all get something here and throughout this weekend that's going to help us till all eternity. For this word is eternal and it matters in our lives. Lord, we love you tonight. Help us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. And so as we have started this chapter, we meet Zachariah, we see Elizabeth... Uh, We learned that they could not have uh, children, that they were now beyond the age of childbearing. We picked that up in in verse number uh, 7. And and as I got to thinking about that and studying on that in their culture, uh, it was unusual uh, that couples, they, they didn't choose to be childless. They didn't choose that uh, they would not have children. Uh, this means that they were married and trying, or at least they were praying and trying to have uh, children uh, for decades. And I find it remarkable that this book here uh, 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 about Jesus opens up with a story about a couple that can't have children children, that are struggling uh, to have children. God is well aware of suffering like theirs and like ours. He is well acquainted with grief. He is well acquainted with suffering. So uh, the uh, the gospel of Luke opening up with this kind of uh, trial, this kind of grief, uh, should, should really help us to know that chapter 1, God's dealing with suffering. Chapter 1, he's dealing with grief right out the gate. And so he's always got something for us in the Word of God. He, he's a God that cares. He's aware of suffering. And so the, the storyline of the Bible has many, many uh, stories of struggles of, of folks and couples having babies. Many struggles are there. You think about the patriarchs of Israel. You think about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, they they were in, unintentionally, they were uh, in marriages that were childless. They were uh, women of faith, Ruth and Hannah. They were childless despite years of marriage and, and has to to be multiple miscarriages because uh, the the Bible tells them to be fruitful and multiply, so married people do what married people do, and we find that they were childless. So there has to be miscarriages in there. Not clearly spoken, but I, I, I feel them in there as you read it, as you see it, that they, they understood they were childless, and so there had to be trying and miscarriages uh, in there. Hannah's experience in 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, she had a desire for a child. She had anguish and pain and weeping due to the barrenness, weeping due to her situation. And so uh, she had a prayer at the tabernacle, I believe it was, and then God blessed with the birth of Samuel. It doesn't always work out there, but there's, there's, there's stories of childlessness, but I believe there's hidden pregnancy loss within those pages there. I, I believe that with all my heart. Uh, so whether you, you have despair of ever having children or you uh, have had a miscarriage and you've got older children and maybe you had a miscarriage then or whenever the miscarriage uh, happened to come upon you, the Bible is not unfamiliar with your suffering. You're not alone. You're not. The devil would have you be alone alone. Uh, your mind and your flesh would have you be alone. It, it's easier for you to surrender the Spirit and uh, uh, give in to the flesh when you're alone and you distance yourself as people who go through trials and problems typically do. Distance yourself from the church. Distance, uh, distance yourself from the very things that you fundamentally need to be a part of. And I, I want to try to help you uh, in that area, but it, 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 it is common to wonder, is this miscarriage because of something I've done? Is this event, this grief, is it because of a sin I've committed? Is it a sign that God is angry with me? Is it a sign of something in the past that's happened? And the answer I find is no. Biologically, the, the, the majority of miscarriages occur because the baby's not developing uh, correctly. Spiritually, we have no reason to believe that a miscarriage is due to God is angry. Now, God's in control of that baby, obviously not developing, and he has a reason for the miscarriage, obviously. But, but uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth are, are proof that it's not a, it's not a, a sin that he's angry at. It's, it's not a thing that has been done. Elizabeth spoke of her barrenness as, as a reproach. We didn't read it, but verse number 25, it was a, a reproach among men. People in their day likely assumed that this was a shameful thing. This childlessness of her life—it was—it 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 was something shameful. I can imagine people uh, whispering, "Why can't she have a child? Uh, why is this thing happening to her? Why? Why can't?" Because we, we look at people and they're, they're healthy and they're safe and they have babies and they uh, the American dreams peppering along, and we look at them like they've got the favor of God on them, and that's just not so. They could be cursed. Uh, conversation me and the wife have have often is that uh, as we talked about the druggies, as we've talked about the people fornicating, as we've talked about all those conversations and people doing the things that they do uh, outside of the realm of the will of God and and they seem to be what we would say is blessed. I submit to you tonight that they, uh, as I told her, uh, they need to have their fun now for if they are not saved then this is the best they'll ever have. So they need to have their bit of joy. They need to have their bit of pleasure because hell awaits them. And there'll be no getting out of that. You and I are saved by the blood of the Lamb and so we have called to live differently. We're called to think differently. And God's created us in His image and so He has the title and right to say what how we should think, what we should do, what we should love, what we should hate. God has the right to tell us those things. And we would do well to trust Him. But I, I this... this this event in our lives changed me, and, and suffering often does. I think that's part of the point why God allows it. We, we, if everything's going well, we typically don't change, do we? We typically don't. We don't pray like we should. We don't sing like we should. We don't give like we should. We don't serve like we should. But man, when the heat is turned up, we know where we ought to, ought to be. We know who we ought to be around. We know we ought to be doing things different than maybe we have been doing. God has a way of getting our attention, and he certainly got mine in that moment. At work, I began to not care about trivial things. I worked as a uh, service manager of a Harley dealership at the time, and so I I was uh, dealing with people that uh, love their motorcycles, and I can recall after the miscarriage, shortly after, a guy, and they talk about this all the time, that that's my baby. That motorcycle is my baby. And boy, I tell you that just that eat me up. And there, and no offense to anybody in here, you may think your car is your baby, you may think your whatever is your baby. And we got we got to be careful with words. We got to be careful with the labels that we give. That 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 struck me, and I I, I began to care, not care about things at work. Uh, he had a scratch under his uh, gas tank. You had to squat down. And you had to get, let's just say this is the tank, you had to get down at a 45 degree angle out in the daylight under the tank to see the scratch. Only he could see it. I had to, like, get a flashlight, my pen light. Oh, you talking about that? And, he, I mean, he filed complaints with the company. I mean, he filed complaints against me and uh, it, it was just nasty. And I, and I got, I got put on the chopping block and the boss said, hey, what's wrong with you? You gotta change. I said, my wife's... We've lost our baby, and I, I just don't know how to handle it. And he was just like, well, go home, get yourself together, come back. I said, like, well, that didn't help me. But it was, it was the silliest of things here. And, and, and these people that, that, that take away my reproach among men, uh, this is, Luke tells us, look at, notice verse number 6. Verse number 6, again, they were both righteous before God. They were righteous, walking in all the commandments, not just some of them. They cared about all of them. And the ordinance of the Lord, what, blameless. Blameless, that's an important verse. I I want to give you a few words, hopefully I'll get them all right, but number one, this word proximity. Notice it says, walking in all the commandments. They, they They had a pattern of life where they stayed close to the God of heaven. They had a, they had a lifestyle of that, that their distance wise, they wanted to stay as close to God as they could. That's part, that's the, that's, that's part of the key to the successful Christian life is it matters how you walk. It, it matters who you're walking with. It matters the places you go and the places you don't go. They were both righteous before God. We're righteous before God in Christ. We know that. But as a result of that, I, I, the implication for me is I'm going to be walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. My proximity, I want to be close to Him. And boy, that's the difference maker for all of us as we go through things. you got to understand, you need to stay close to God. You don't have time in suffering or in well doing and uh, sunshine or the moonshine. You don't have time to 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 get away from him. He is the good shepherd. Where he he's prepared the places for the green grass and the still waters. A place to lay down. It's a place of comfort. It's a place of help. It's a place where he can adequately watch us and take care of us and lead us. It says in Psalm twenty three, right? He leads on the paths of righteousness. He's got a path for us? The shepherd has a path for us? What does that mean? i got to be walking on that path. And if I'm caught up in my, my grief and my trial as I was then, I wasn't walking where I should have been walking. The proximity, I had distanced myself. And so anger grew. Resentment grew. The suffering grew. The guilt grew. The shame grew. But we find here their barrenness was not the result of God's displeasure. This was a lifetime of childlessness. Zechariah had a, had a son, but not just any son. Right? John, John the Baptist, verse 17, he would prepare people to meet the Lord. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they knew many years of undesired childlessness but, uh, and, and pregnancy loss, but through the family line, what happened? The Messiah arrived through that family line. These stories don't just remind us uh, of, 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 of us, but it tells us that, that, that God sees us in our suffering. And not just that, but he points us to the hope that is ahead. There is a hope that is ahead. Don't, don't, the, don't, don't mishear me. These stories here that we find that these people were childless and then they had children, it, it doesn't guarantee that you'll have a child one day. The, 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 the highlight for me here is, is that when, when all human hope is lost, and I can't find anything. And I'm looking. I find here that God miraculously delivers His people. The ultimate miracle in this text is Jesus. John's born to prepare a way to showcase who's coming, to, to showcase who's going to end the nonsense, the pain, the suffering, that you've got a place of comfort to go, you've got a place of, of, of hope, a place that, that a, a bottomless a pit, a bottomless well to draw from of, 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 of hope and, and the, the, the message for us in this passage is that God uh, 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 our God saves suffering people our God saves shamed people, our, our God delivers uh, his people, his, he saves sinful people like you and me, those that are suffering, those that are shameful, those that have burdens, those that have sins, he has a way of saving us he cares. He loves. And Zechariah and Elizabeth's son signals the promise of mercy and hope. You'll notice in verse, again, verse number 7, it says, uh, number 2, there was not just proximity present, but pain. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in years. Barren, there was a pain there. That 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 a remembrance of every every miscarriage that could have been a living child. There was a pain there of 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 having no children. There was a pain there of of barrenness to remind us that even though the proximity might be right, that sometimes the pain uh, uh, will always be present and you can't get away from it. God allows pain for reasons maybe unknown to us, but reasons nonetheless. John the Baptist would announce the arrival. Of the Savior, uh, verse fourteen talks about this. The angel, what did he say? Thou shalt have joy, gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. I mean, I'm sure she's thinking, "I'm old, all right, barrenness. I'm beyond child uh, uh, stricken in years. The child bearing time is over." What you're talking about, angel? But the angel says that there'll be joy, there'll be gladness. Man, God gives joy and God gives gladness. In the midst of trials, in the midst of suffering, and and, and Elizabeth and Mary and Zechariah, may, may we like them receive good news when it's given, and not be looking over our shoulders. I'm with you on that, brother. There's things, times, things are going well, and I'm like, any time now, it's going to happen. But but typically, I found that after three or four bad things, God does something pretty good. Uh, it's just something you don't know, can't predict, but you best enjoy every moment you got. But, but I find that, that, the, that, that God sees our suffering, and He's given mercy, and He's given, uh, he's given hope through Jesus. And, and, and praise His name, through, through, through the Holy Spirit, God walks with us through this darkness. One guy says it, says it like this, for, for a moment the darkness, then let there be light. First grief in the gloom, then joy from the east. First valley of shadow, then mountaintop feast. First wait for Messiah, then long promise dawn. First desolate Friday, and then Easter morn. The armies of darkness, while doing their worst, can never extinguish this dazzling sun burst. Yes! It doesn't matter the the darkness that may come or the Fridays, the desolate Fridays that are there or the wait for the thing or the shadows. Man, God is always working. God has always got a plan and there is joy and there is gladness to be found. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of what? Of life. Of life, light is essential to sight. We need light. If they, if you cut these things out, we're going to be in a bind. I'm scared of the dark. I'm scared of what can happen in the dark. I don't like it. I like night lights. You can judge me if you want to, but nothing good happens in the dark. And 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 I and I like. That that we find light here in Jesus Christ, that He lights in every situation, no matter what the darkness may be. Every time you speak His name, every time you read His words, light has to happen. It doesn't matter what what you know and what you don't know. You open this up and the light just happens, right? And it, it, it chases the darkness away. Sight comes Knowledge comes and and, 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 and thus to life, he talks about. Th- th- suffering and trials. We need light. You need this conference. This conference is light for you. It's been dark maybe a long time in your life. This conference is light for you. We spent months and months, maybe years, miscarriage, then another miscarriage, darkness. And our, our, our Lydia was born, our daughter, she had to go in the NICU, she had some lung problems. I'd heard that the, uh, you know, the boys were the stronger or the weaker ones, that if, there, if there's going to be a problem, it's going to be with the boy. But this is our girl, expecting her to come out tough. Seeing her in that uh, uh, oxygen helmet thing and in the NICU, boy, about about broke me. Uh, seeing that, I hadn't learned my lesson, that God had gotten her through this pregnancy that, that, that she was delivered early for an issue and then I, I, God was still teaching me in those moments I mean we, we had heard we'd heard the heartbeat I still got it on a recording the first time she got pregnant boy, was the most joyous sound in the world was to hear that heartbeat to hear it it's just just a beautiful noise and then a couple appointments later you go back and you don't hear it and you think, uh, the, I mean, they, they don't even know how to handle it. They didn't walk out of the room. I got to go get somebody. And I am thinking, he's it, maybe she didn't know where she was looking. <laughs> maybe 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 she's off of a, 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 an angle or a couple of degrees. And then of course the next one comes in and checks and confirms. And the tendency is 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 that you would. You'd say, well, if it's early, first trimester, it's early. And, and that's kind of the reasoning and the excuses in my brain to just get over it, man. It didn't come full birth. It wasn't later. But you get to looking at development. And, and this, was our, this was the size of our, our first child. This, uh, it's a baby. There's no, this ain't a clump of sails as science would say it is. Abort that, right? That's what our culture says. This is a real, real, real human. the moment of conception, the baby's got everything needed to live and grow into what we all are grown into here today. And I struggle. How do, how do I agree with that? John 1 verse 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. Psalm 34, 19 talks about many are the afflictions of the righteous. As I read my Bible, that applies to n- no one more than Jesus Christ. He experienced horrible pain, cried out to God in agony of his soul. Thinking about his sufferings, one may question the psalmist. Promise of protection for those that are faithful, but how 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 can they be true of anyone if not of God's Son? And so that Psalm thirty four nineteen, many are the afflictions of the righteous finds a fulfillment in 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 our crucified Lord on the cross. Not one of His bones were broken, right? Uh, uh, God was still with Christ. God was still guaranteeing even the smallest detail of prophecy, still with His Son, even on the cross there, uh, that, that His mission as the Lamb of God would take place as promised. And that this man John that was born to Baron Elizabeth would be able to uh, uh, see her child point the way to our. Savior. And in the same way, God does not promise to shield His faithful ones. He's not promised to shield us as believers from suffering. But but praise God, he, he orders those sufferings. He orders the steps. He orders the sufferings so that nothing defeats His purpose in the trial, in the suffering. You go to Romans 8 for all that glory. He, he, he has it set up for a purpose and a reason and so our, our, our task is to, proximity-wise, stay close, to understand that the pain is real and it's coming and we, are con- we can talk about it and be encouraged in and through it what we're facing. But the third thing I find is plan. There's a plan. There's no accidents with God. You realize that. He's sovereign. He knew those two that He took from me. He knows what He's taken from you. There's a reason why we're dealing with the stuff we're dealing with. There's no accidents with God. There's no antagonism where He's just trying to chunk some lightning bolts at people and you just can't live the thing right. No, God has a reason and a purpose for all our suffering that we're dealing with. There's a plan. There's a method. We say, there's a method to my madness. God's not mad. There's a plan, though, for Him. Verse number 17, to make ready a people... Prepared for the Lord. Plan. Plan is you need to be ready. Always. There's a plan at play in your life that you would always be ready for Him. Any funeral ought to direct you to the fact that I got to ask myself a question should I be in that box? Am I ready to go? Am I ready to meet my Lord? Any suffering that comes into my life, any trial that I face, I got to ask myself the question am I prepared? For the Lord it is his grace that he would stick a thorn in us to awaken us to the reality of him being real and we just not be going through some lethargic run of the mill motions of Baptist ideologies but we would really have church and be the church and sometimes he has to stamp us with suffering and trials and pain because it's the only thing that's going to make us what he would have us to be he can't give you all the millions in the world, the dollars, all the healthy children, all the big houses paid for. He can't give you all that because you'll take it for granted like we take stuff for granted now. But man, when he starts pressing, we start to get an idea of what's valuable and precious. And so in the things of life, there, are, uh, there is a plan. And how does this change the way we view trials? We ask him to give comfort. We ask him... To help guide our steps, we ask Him. Because here's the issue with with a lot of us in verse number 20. He says, because thou believest not my words. That's it. That's our fundamental problem, Christian. Because you believe not His words, therefore that's the reason we don't do what He's called us to do. That's the reason why we don't suffer well. That's the reason why we don't deal with issues. That's the reason why we do brush things in a closet somewhere. That's the reason why we don't talk and think and do as God has called us to do. We have not believed His words, which shall be fulfilled. (laughs) What God says will be fulfilled. It doesn't matter whether we believe it or not, like it, or any of that. God's going to do as He has said He's going to do, and it will be fulfilled in their season as God would have them be fulfilled. And so you can jump on the train with Him if you like, because He recommends it, or you can just not believe it, but it will be fulfilled in their season. There's, there's got to be... Proximity—you got to be close to them. You got to understand that pain is real. It's coming. Shouldn't be something we shy away from. It should be something we discuss openly and love on one another. Pray for each other through, in, and through those things. But there's a plan. None of this is an accident. None of it. it, it, it if you wonder what what foundation can I build my expectations on? How, how, how do I how do I prepare for the the plan? For the pain, I understand proximity. I think we all get that, but what about the pain and the and 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 the plan? Well, remember that we we have no other options. To whom shall we go? (laughs) I'll give you the option. it's, It's real simple. Christ alone has the words of life. That's it. He says in John 6 68, then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So so Christ alone has these words. Without him, we can do nothing, right? John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, and the same bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So so, so only, uh, our, our only strength comes from Christ, uh, he, he, who dwells in our hearts when we have faith. And so as, as Brother uh, John had mentioned, you got that's the starting ground for all of us. Have you been born again? Are you tapped into the vine are you able to be connected to Christ who uh, gives all these blessings of peace calm and comfort and, and help and hope and all those things you got to be connected to the vine you you can't grow grapes unless you're connected to the grape bush right you, you can't grow oranges on your orange branch tree if you, if you if you if your branch has been cut off and it's laying on the ground you got to be connected and, and Christ supplies what we need. Ephesians 3.16 says that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. You get that in Christ and in Him alone. And so the miscarriage was the most, one of the most horrible things that, I, that we have gone through. And, and looking back on it, I see God's hand and, and how He grew me in prayer and how He grew me in the Word and how, 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 how He grew me to love His sovereignty all the more. Understanding that I am His and that He owns me and that He gets to do whatsoever He will with me. If He has saved me, and He has, and I've trusted in that, if He's done that, the cross, if I, as I look at the cross, as, as He has done that, how can I not trust Him for everything else? He's taken care of the greatest need I would ever have that I could not do anything with, couldn't work it up, couldn't, couldn't uh, provide enough works or do any kind of thing. It was Christ that saved me. It is Christ that keeps me. And in my proximity to Him determines how encouraged I'm going to be with Him. My proximity, I mean close to Him. My pain, uh, it is real no matter how close I am to it, but I am able to get through it to a greater degree uh, where I typically don't have to repeat the lesson, but as I am close to Him and He allows those pain, I, I, I start to see the plan come together of typically why He has allowed it in my life. And I'm to trust Him no matter what. No matter what. When I can't see the way, He knows the way. Why? Because He is the light and He shines through the darkness, and He's leading the path, right? The Word of God talks about being the lamp. That's just for your path straight ahead. That's all I need. I don't need to see a flashlight way out yonder. I mean, I do if somebody's hiding in the bushes trying to attack me. Obviously, that's a separate kind of fear that I have. But I'm talking about in life spiritually, as I'm walking with God, He shines just enough light for the path of today. I've got the grace that I need for right now. In this moment, He gives it to me each and every day. But it's the proximity. If I get away from the light and He's over there, I see the flickering, but there's darkness between me and that light. i got to stay close to Him. Church, walk with God, every day. You might not understand the, the issues and the turmoil and the wars and the, all the things that are going on, but all you need to do for help and hope is stay close. Proximity. Be with Him. Stay close to the Savior. And boy, He'll see you through. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank You that in the darkest moments of our life, You're with us. I thank You, Lord, that You are uh, a God that's acquainted with sorrows and grief, and, and Lord, you understand deeper than anyone, no matter what has happened to them, deeper than anyone can fathom, you understand suffering. And Lord, you've, you've created us, and you have a purpose for our lives, and not only that, a purpose in our suffering. And God, I pray we 're not wasted. It. Uh, it, it is fundamentally meant to draw our attention to you. This world is broken. Sin makes us aware that things just aren't right, and this is not our home. But Lord, as we walk in this world, we, we have to deal with so many different things. And God, may we understand that a loving God allows things, not, not to harm or hurt, but God, there are times that he, you need to teach and help us. And, you, and, and, and God, what can we say? You've done everything for us. You've allowed us to have life. God, you've allowed us to have salvation and Lord, we, 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 we have because You have given. And Lord, we love You tonight. Thank You for the grace and the peace that comes in just knowing Jesus as our Savior. And again, it is our prayer that if there's one here tonight that, that does not know that they have not made that sure in their lives, that they, they have doubts, they have fears, they're questioning whether or not uh, heaven and hell is real, they don't, they're not quite sure. God, may they, it just takes a conversation. There's no one that's going to judge them or beat them. That's with anything that we're facing here tonight and this weekend. There's no judgment. Christ has taken the judgment. Lord, help us to loosen up and, and, and cast our cares and our burdens upon you that cares for us so that we can truly be helped in this process. Thank you that the help is there. We bless your name, Lord. We thank you that we have a place to go. May you bless the remainder of our time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Appreciate that message, my brother. Appreciate both messages tonight. How many of y'all got some help tonight so far? All right. How many of y'all plan on coming back tomorrow? I hope so. How many of you are going to invite somebody to come back tomorrow? All right. Hey, we can multiply food if we got to. All right. There's a Pizza Hut down the road. It's okay. Uh, that's just fine. Here's what I want to do as we uh, close tonight. I want to give a couple quick things. Uh, just I want to say thank you to all of our volunteers. Uh, if you see a volunteer, Um, you don't have to do it for me. I'll take my name tag off and and all that stuff. But thank a volunteer tonight. If you see one wearing one of these, let them know that you appreciate the work that they're doing. Uh, We've got folks who are doing security, sound. We've had people working in the kitchen, cleaning. You name it, it's getting done by somebody. So praise the Lord for those volunteers. Uh, And as well, uh, make sure that as you see our speakers here, uh, I want you to thank them. and here's what I want to do tonight. I want to close with uh, um, a psalm and uh, just a quick word and, and we'll pray. But I want to encourage you this. if you've got a need tonight, don't wait till tomorrow to get it fixed. If you've got something on your chest, these folks, these ladies, these men gonna be right down here. And if you've got a need, you come on, all right? And so we don't have to wait. We're not on a real-time schedule. We'll dismiss, but if you don't need to dismiss yourself yet and you just need to talk and you just need to pray with somebody, we got folks here to do that. That's what this is all about, to get you help and to let you know that you are not alone in whatever you're going through, all right? Uh, The Bible tells us here in Psalm 42, very familiar psalm, as the heart, as the deer paneth after the water brook, so paneth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Have you ever been there? He says, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them in the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy, uh, holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O oh my God, my soul is cast down within me, therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar, deep calleth unto deep, at the noise of thy water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night, his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword and my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquiet within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. We've got a choice tonight in the midst of all suffering and trials. And I believe we ought to take the help and, and the encouragement and the example of this psalmist. And that is we need to have a talk with ourselves sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to talk to yourself, all right? Most of y'all, we're, we're all crazy. We all talk to ourselves, okay? And it's okay if yourself self-answer sometimes. Yeah. But here's what we've got to see. What we've got to say to ourselves, it had better be what God says. And it is this, that he is our hope, he is our rock, and we had better talk to ourselves tonight before we go to bed, before we leave this place, and we better say, hope thou in God. Our confidence must be in him. And that's what our prayer is for this weekend, that we would learn to find him to be our confidence in all things, that we might learn to be content, that we might learn that that God allows such pain to produce his plan in our life for our good and his glory. William Gurnall wrote, Hope fills the afflicted soul with such inward joy and consolation that it can laugh while tears are in the eye, sigh and sing all in a breath. It is called the rejoicing of hope. Tonight and tomorrow, I hope that you can do both those things. I hope you can laugh till you cry, and I hope you cry till you laugh, and everything else in between. This is exactly what this is for. And so may we learn to do just that and to let ourselves be surrendered, yielded to God completely. And so tonight, I want to close us in prayer. I want to invite you back tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow morning, if you want, at 8.30, we're going to have some coffee and maybe some leftover cake slices from tonight uh, and uh, some refreshments, maybe some juice and all that stuff. Uh, But then we're going to get started promptly right at 9 o'clock with first session here. And so make sure you see the registration table again. Bookstore will be open again, again, of course, tomorrow as well. But if you've got a need tonight, you come see Uh, And some folks are down here, the speakers are down here. We would love to talk with you, to pray with you, cry with you, laugh with you, and everything else, all right? And so we want to make sure that you get the help that you need from the Lord and from His grace. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to what God has for us. So let us pray. Father God, we want to come to you this night. We thank you for the help that you've already given by your grace tonight. We're grateful for these messages grateful, Lord, for the hearts that have already been touched. Lord, I thank you for what you've done already in in my heart. Lord, for the encouragement that it is just to simply know that you care. Lord, that you are not merely a God who knows about me and knows about my suffering, but Lord, you care even more than even I could care about it. Lord, it affects you. You care deeply because you love me. Uh, Lord, because you you sent your son to die for me. I pray, God, that tonight, if there is one who does not know uh, about their eternal destination, about their position in you, God, that tonight that they would be gloriously born again. Uh, Lord, that they would come to you in repentance and faith. Lord, tonight, if there's one who's just struggling and needs to just to get that burden off their chest, that weight off their back, I pray that they would not walk out those back doors. They would come, they would seek out some help, someone to talk with, someone to pray with, someone to point the scripture to. Lord, that we would get the help that we need. And Lord, that we get the help that you offer. Lord, help us to simply be humble enough and faithful enough to receive what you offer to us tonight. Lord, may we not dare say that you did not offer us help. May we simply come to you tonight as you call us to. Lord, prepare our hearts for the rest of this night, that We might meditate upon your word and what you're doing and what you desire to do. And as well, God, that you prepare us for what you have in store for us tomorrow. We love you and we thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a blessed night. We will see you guys tomorrow morning.